and I start typing that email, and then I said, wait a minute. I could go take out a whole lot of motherfuckers and make me feel better and spend the rest of my life in a cage, or I could make a decision right now to do something different. And I decided in that moment that I was going to document my pain and that I was going to get through it. Like, I didn't know how. I just knew that I could. Hello and welcome to the Cognac Room, an uninhibited drink-infused podcast about adulting and male and female interactions. Go give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at the Cognac Room Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Cognac Room. I'm your host, Jay Christian. And without further ado, pull up a chair, pour up a glass, and let's discuss. I am sitting here with my main man, Bob Galetta, from Beyond Our Boundaries podcast. Listen, let me tell you something. This is a newfound friend right here, and he is as awesome of an individual as anyone could ever expect to meet. And now that I'm done blowing smoke up his ass, <laughs> we can get oh, man. to the actual video. How you doing, Bob? I am, listen, I couldn't be any better if I was on fire. I mean, I am, I'm really happy. I have had a great day. It's, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon and you and I have been going at it all day. So I'm very happy. Very, very happy. Yeah, man. It's been, it's been a great day so far. I, I, I promise you, this is probably the highlight of my week. It is a great way to start the day, great way to start the month. Mm -hmm. It's just positivity all around, so That's I'm right. happy. Yeah, me too. So here's your opportunity to tell everybody about Bob Galetta. Well, thank you. First of all, let me just say that I'm really, really very grateful for the relationship that you and I started, right? Uh, we met in Clubhouse. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah. But we met in Clubhouse and we started to form a friendship. I just finished interviewing Jay for his podcast and for really more than the podcast, for who he is on my platform in Beyond Our Boundaries. I have a podcast titled Beyond Our Boundaries, and it's about a fundamental transformation of self. I created a five-step system of fundamental transformation that I call the diary system. It stands for decide, imagine, act, review, and then you choose. You got to make that choice each and every day. And what I really strive to do with my coaching students is to help people to unlock their true potential by becoming their most authentic self. Well, sounds great. What's that mean? It means that whether you are Fortune 50 CEO, butcher, baker, candlestick maker, it doesn't matter, that you truly love who you are being each and every day when you lay your head on the pillow at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope, man. <clears throat> and I'll tell you, I listened to, um, at that time it was your latest episode. And honestly, so, so here, let me start at the beginning. Bob and I were in a room on clubhouse and I think we followed each other. He sent me a message and he was like, uh, Hey man, every great relationship starts with hello. So this is hello. And he was just like, hey, what are you doing now or whatever? And he was like, you know, what do you have going on? What what are you, you know, like basically finding out who I was and what I was doing and, and, and what my plans were. And he was like, hey, if possible, if it's a good fit, then maybe we could, you know, get on each other's uh, platforms or shows. And I was like, yeah, cool, man, let's do it or whatever. So I guess after he vetted me a little bit and found out I wasn't a total piece of shit, he decided... <laughs> <laughs> he decided he'd have me on his that show. Might be a, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, just a little one, you know? Just a little bit. But uh, he decided to have me on his show. But even before that, like, he does this room every morning at from 7 to 8.30, is it? About 9 o'clock, 8.45. 8.45. There's yeah. another guy that starts one at 8.45, and out of respect for him, I try to shut it down about that time. Right, right. So... Every and so I wasn't so listen, 
I wasn't even getting up that early because I was like, shit, I'm, you know, I'm kind of on vacation, so I'm not getting up that early. And so he he told me about his room and I said, well, shit, I'm going to jump up and, and go in there and see what's going on. So now I'm addicted to it. <laughs> so I kind of just get up every morning. Hey man, I love having you there <laughs> because the room is only successful, is as successful as the people that are in it make it. And you yeah. add a lot of value. You bring a lot to the table. And I truly appreciate who you be. I know that's grammatically incorrect, <laughs> but listen, I'm all, I'm all about the being, right? Yeah. There's three pillars of my program. Number one, you got to be open to what's possible. Number two, you have to focus on the being mm-hmm. even more so than the doing. And then lastly, you got to be intentional versus reactionary. Yeah. I told my kids their whole life, don't be a jellyfish. Just mm. floating on the tide waiting for the, wait, waiting for the waves to wash you ashore. You, you determine your path and you create what you want. Mm. And so because you show up every day, I love you, man. We have a great room. Yeah. We get into the best conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like the only thing I hate about it is that more people aren't able to be there because I know people who would who would uh, totally love and appreciate it, who at this particular time can't even get on the app. And it it kind of sucks. And we talked about that a little bit, too, how. You know. um, How selective we try to be with invites (laughs) because it's. It's a thing. It really does exist. Hey, man, you don't get very many. When you join, you get one or two. Right. And now all of a sudden, it's like, yo, who am I gonna? Who am I gonna invite? Who am I gonna let share yeah. this with me? Exactly. Listen, it's a great platform. It's phenomenal. If you get a chance, people are like, why would I want to be on that? If you got a chance to be in Clubhouse, then be on Clubhouse because at some point, most people don't even know about it yet. Mm. But as people are finding out about it, they want to be there. So you get, just think about if you were one of the first people that could be on Facebook or Instagram right. or Twitter, but not only be there, but help determine what the future of the app is. Exactly. And that's the opportunity that I feel, most of the other people on Clubhouse feel, believe me, there's some real influential folks on Clubhouse, and they are really trying to monetize the shit out of it, and they're trying to <laughs> take right. it over. That's right. And that's where, that's where people like us come in, right? Like, so we're not real big fans of the big rooms, not to say there's not value there. But I want to. I want the connectivity, right? I wouldn't have been able to meet Jay and know who is Jay if we were in a big room together because there's a thousand other people in there and we wouldn't even be heard. That's right. That's right. Yeah, man. So at at the end of it, like I go in these rooms with these guys. It's him and another, just a whole group of like genuine and to use his phrase, authentic individual, right? That we just have a great fucking time. So and and we motivate each other, we build each other up, we exchange ideas. And like, there's never a time that I leave out of that room feeling like, damn, another day. Like, it's almost like, damn, all I have left is X amount of hours. Shit, I'm pumped up now. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Like, what am I going to do with all this energy? Like, I got this fire. Exactly. I need to, I need to start sharing my fire with somebody. Somebody's exactly. got to listen because I got some shit to say. You know. That's right. And That's right. Yeah, man. It, it, listen, I know Jay started coming. He didn't want to be there until seven o'clock in the morning. You know, <laughs> but I get up at four o'clock in the morning. I do all my Bob <laughs> shit right before the sun comes up. I get all my personal shit. I listen to affirmations. I go over my day. I, I, I spend you know twenty thirty minutes visualizing what my vision is. And spending time on me so that when people start to wake up, now I get to interact with other people in a very mm. intentional way. I want to add value to the lives of other people. And if I'm bringing a shit show to the table, what am I adding? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, so, you know, because I see, you know, the value in Bob, I see how great of a guy he is. I see how he pumps everyone up like we could have crust in our eyes still and Bob is like excited and ready to go. And so it'll, he'll definitely wake your ass up. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah, that and, and I love that, man. And yeah. you know, when, when we have that room, my room is titled inspiration, authenticity, and joy. Mm-hmm. I want to give that to people. I want them to come up and feel inspired. I want them to be their most authentic self. And I, and I want to share some joy with them and I want people to start the day in a positive way. Right. You, I believe you always find what you're looking for. Yeah. 
man, we don't need to search hard to find reasons to be freaking miserable. <laughs> I did plenty of shit going on, right? Turn on the fucking news and there's going to be all this garbage, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't have to, we don't have to participate in that arena. That's so we real. create our own and then we all leave there a little turbocharged and fired up. And then you get to go share that fire. You man, listen, if there's nothing else you could do, you could be a beacon of light in somebody else's dark and stormy night. And let me tell you, when you show up like that, the gratitude that you get, the, the reward that you get from just making a difference in the life of somebody else, that shit right there is transformational. Yeah, that's it, it makes it all worth it, Bob, honestly. Um, yeah, so got with this guy. So then we started changing these wonderful ideas. And, and it's like, well, I want to have you on my podcast. I'm like, OK, cool. No, I skipped a whole major, the biggest part. So. Bob messages me and says, hey, man, I have a podcast that I do, and it's this, that, and the third, and and what I do is I, you know, I, I motivate people, I pour into people, you know, I, I try to help people become their most authentic selves and whatever else, and I'd like for you to listen to my podcast and be brutally honest and tell me what you think about it. So my first impression was, okay, so... His podcast adds value to people. So already he's already up here, in my opinion, because shit, you're doing a little more than I'm doing. I'm just entertaining people. Right. So, okay, boom. So I'm like, but I will listen to it and I'll see if it's shit or if it's good. Like maybe he recorded the shit with his phone and it's just not not going to be right. You know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I need, and I asked for that. Right. Shred it. Tear it apart. Like you, I'm a man. You can tell me what's fucked up about it because I read, listen, that's like, you know, when you get home after a long day out and you got some spinach stuck in your teeth and you be like, all these motherfuckers, nobody said nothing to me about this shit hanging out of my mouth. day, right. Right, right. So how about, listen, I don't know you from Adam and I ain't going to be hurt, but I value your opinion. So please tell me, how's my show? What does it sound like? Do you like it? That's right. Go ahead. Yeah. So, boom. I'm like, sure, man, I'll do it but I'd like for you to do the same for me. Like, just listen to it, you know, be honest with me, be harsh. Just tell me the truth, man. Fuck it. I, I ain't sensitive. I could take it. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, you know, he, uh, I want to say, did he send me a link? I don't know if you sent me a link or if I went and looked for it, but I ended up watching, uh, listening to it. And like, from the very beginning, I'm listening, kind of critically listening. And I forgot, like once the, once the episode got started, I honestly forgot that I was supposed to be critiquing him because at this point I'm like, it's some good shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I'm kind of like, okay, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay. And one of the things that I, that I, cause I wrote him a review. I left him a review. And when you guys go listen to his podcast, leave him like positive reviews, because trust me, there's nothing negative about this thing, man. This thing is going to encourage you. It's going to empower you in a lot of ways, maybe ways you never thought, maybe ways you've been empowered or encouraged before, but I love his delivery. He gives great examples. He actually um, told some stories that I thought were entertaining. And, you know, he, he had me laughing because like, we all have our pet peeves. One of his pet peeves is the word pivot. He doesn't like people using the word. It's because everybody, listen, the fucking word's been around forever, but because one guy said it, now all of a sudden the whole world got a fucking pivot, right? All right. It just gets under my skin. Like, yo, sheeple, wake up, right? Exactly. Like, be you. Yeah. That's all I want people to do is be you. Don't wait for somebody to tell you how to be. Who to, how to think, feel, do, act, like just be you. That's right. But fucking love you for who you are. And pivot is one of those words. Yeah. And, and that lesson was about like, but why does it bother me? Right. Or like, why does it bother me? Because I believe we got to drive down. Because we all know shit that bothers us. But mm-hmm. if you really want to get some healing, find out why. So I take people through a, a you know, four-step process on understanding all that shit. That's right. And that's what Jay was listening to. That's right. And that was the whole thing. The fact that he had the four step process, because I'm the type of person I need practical shit. Call me simple. Call me dumb. Call me whatever the fuck you want to call me. I need for you to tell me if you go stick your hand in that socket, you're going to get an electric shock. And this is how it's going to feel. And you're going to fall down and you might not make it. I need to hear that shit. Because, right. because, right. so if, if you say that and then I go and stick my fucking hand or my fork or whatever in the goddamn socket and don't get hit with the electricity, then I'm like, 
He's a piece of shit. He lied to me. You know what I mean? Motherfucker. Motherfucker. I thought I was going to be frying by now. Like, so, but no, seriously. So I love practicality, man. I love your approach because I've heard, and I, I often refer it to um, ministry and preachers because I believe, I go to church. I believe, I believe in the spoken word, right? So, um, and it's not a knock to any particular minister, but you have some ministers that preach and that preach at you and that tell you, this is what God said and this is what you should do. But then you have those people that say, so you have one guy saying, don't fornicate. But then you have this guy over here that's saying, yeah, we're not supposed to fornicate. And this is how you prevent fornication. This is how you keep, this is how you abstain from having premarital sex. So I, I'm, I'm the dumb motherfucker that needs the steps. I need the process. You know what I'm saying? And so you were. I do. Yeah. That was one of the things I was missing when I started my podcast. People, because I, tr- listen, again, Fortune 50 CEO or junkie under a bridge shooting dope in your arm. Yeah. At our core, we are all the same. And That's I hate real. to burst the bubble of the Fortune 50 CEO, but when you really drive down, he feels or she feels the same shit I feel. Right. The same happiness and disappointment and sadness, the same joy and gratitude, all of that shit as human beings, mm-hmm. we all feel the same shit. It just comes at us in different directions and we deal with it in different ways. Yes. And listen, I got a fucking PhD in how to deal with shit fucked up. Right. Like I know if I feel bad, I can walk down the street, knock somebody to fuck out and make me feel better. At least that's what I used to do. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real, man. Listen, for 35 years, I smoked crack on and off with varying degrees of success. Wow. I was a broker on Wall Street, had my own firm on Park Avenue, opened up another one in Texas. I have smoked more money than most people will ever make in a lifetime. And I'm still here, right? I don't live my life that way, but I'm still here because I was able to fucking navigate how to fuck to get out of that. You know, like life is hard enough already, but I was so unhappy with who the fuck I was Mm. from childhood that I just, I was angry, right? Like I was like, my father whacked my mother a couple days before my 10th birthday, which is the day after Christmas. You talk about a fucked up Christmas. Are you serious? Yeah. Damn. Dead ass. You know, sorry, I come from a different kind of family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I come from a very organized kind of family. You Italian? And yes. Yeah. And, you know, I was raised to be a fucking criminal. Yeah. That, that, you know, and I told you when we were doing the other interview, like my life goal was retire at 25, dead at 30. Mm. I'm 51. So I had to have a, a, a real big shift in what the fuck I know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And about six and a half years ago, I just made a decision like, I don't want to fucking be me anymore. There's got to be something else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and through my own journey, I wound up creating this five-step system that I now try to teach to my coaching students. I share it on my podcast. Like, if I can change, right? Not mm-hmm. to sound like, oh, make me think of Rocky Four. If I can change, <laughs> he can change, right? <laughs> I got fucking Drago coming out of the back door behind me over here, right? Oh, but, shit. Listen, if there's hope for me, yeah, there's hope for anybody. That's right. For real. Yeah, no, that's real shit, man. I, I often say the same thing, man. Like, there are some people who know me from school, and they knew I wasn't a, 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 I wasn't a, <laughs> I wasn't the most likely to succeed, I'll tell you that, right? And uh, <laughs> I understand. I get that, right? And I Most got, likely to be incarcerated. Exactly, that was me. Exactly. You know? And I got caught up in that, man. I went to prison for a very long time. Um, and I came home and, 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 you know, I started working on myself. Well, actually, I started working on myself once I was incarcerated. But once I got home, you know, I worked on myself. And I was doing pretty good. And I'd I done well. I fell some, to a degree when it came to the female gender. Like, I just was, like, still a piece of shit when it came to how I dealt with women. Although I wasn't abusing them physically. But when you cheat on a woman, does that fall under... Uh, Mental cruelty or mental abuse or emotional it's abuse? It's emotional abuse, yeah. bro. Yeah. You know, listen, if somebody loves you and if you care at all about them, even right. if you don't care about them, how about this? How about this? Let me pose a question to you. Mm-hmm. You know someone loves you. Right. You have a fucking responsibility to how you treat them. Absolutely. Even if you don't fucking like them. Absolutely. I would, I would put that out there, right? And so that's what I'm talking about. Like, the reason... 
the reason why what I talk about with my students is a fundamental transformation. You know, like my logo is a caterpillar going into a chrysalis coming out a butterfly. Right. Right. It has, it didn't go in and go through some changes and come out. Now it's a butterfly. Like if you cut the fucking butterfly's wings off, it don't turn back into a caterpillar. It's just a fucked up butterfly. You know, like, <laughs> right, right. Like the motherfucker's been transformed into a different thing. It went through a process where its cells had reconstructed into something else. It could never change back. Right. Now I believe sometimes when, you know, there's that part of me that I spent most of my life being, but I could never go back to that. That mm-hmm. shit seems unimaginable to me. Right. You know, like, don't get me wrong. There's, some few characteristics I like to keep in my back pocket for just such an emergency, yeah, you know, you like, Absolutely. you know, if, if me and Jay are in an area and all of a sudden feel threatened, like, trust me, I got you, yeah. you know, because yeah. uh, it's, it, I didn't forget, you know what I'm saying? Like I was on this job out in California and it was a young guy and, you know, I took the job for a whole bunch of reasons. I'm not going to dive into it, but he was just being a dick. And, and I said to him, I said, listen, please don't, 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 don't step to me like that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to fight. And when he heard, I don't want to fight. He must've thought I said, I'm a pussy. Do what you want. And, <laughs> right, right, right. And like, and then I had to stop him a little while later. I was like, yo, I told you I don't want to fight, but I didn't say, I don't know how I will fuck you up. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. Like I ain't trying to live like that. And eventually after a few weeks, I wound up kicking the shit out of him, but it was a, a crazy scene because i'd hit him and then start yelling at myself so the guys were watching i'm like bang and he falls down and i'm like fuck bob what'd you do man Stop. Right. And then he got up and said something else and i hit him again and and then i was like fuck it i'm walking in circles yelling at me he's on the floor and he got up hit me from behind and i turned around and i was like oh you want to fight all right and that was it that was it was over i checked yeah. the fuck out you know? no more talking no more talking about that very long but uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, look, I I I choose a life that is principle and centered, right? Like I focus on principles in my life of who I choose to be. I choose to be love, I choose to be inspiration, I choose mm-hmm. to be authenticity, joy, success, gratitude, discipline, right? Those are the things that are important to me now. And and did I go 180 the other way? Yes. Yes. Thank God. Right. Yeah. Like, thank God. I'm tired of getting locked up. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of giving up my time of my life that I can't ever get back. Missing my kids. Now I got grandchildren. Like, I don't want to give up any more time sitting in a cage, man. Living things mm-hmm. don't belong in fucking cages. That's right. I, listen, when I was, my kids were growing up, I didn't even take them to the fucking zoo. Right. Because living, you want to go see a lion? Go to Africa, motherfucker, because that's where they live. Right. <laughs> right. Like, We're not the, doing the whole. Is not, I don't, don't like that shit, man. I spent enough time in a cage. I'm not, I don't want to yeah. do it. No, you I know? feel you, bro. I feel you. So, so, so let's get into uh, who Bob is, man. Can we get into that a little bit? I like, suppose it's only fair since I just fucking <laughs> threaded. I got deep with Jay on my interview. Listen, if you guys. For those of you that listen to the Cognac Room, if you want to hear all about Jay the way you've never heard before, come check out the uh, Beyond Our Boundaries podcast interview with Jay. Yeah. And, and you get to hear a different side of Jay. Definitely. A really, truly authentic side where Jay gets to share his heart and who he is. And, yeah. and I love it, man. So, so have at it, brother. So, so here's my first question, man, because we all see this dynamic individual that sits before us today and we're like, shit, man, he's pumped up. He's, you know what I'm saying? He's got a hell of a voice. He's, 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 he's talking that shit. You know what I'm saying? He's motivating and he's, you know, uh, captivating basically, you know what I'm saying? But we don't know how you got to this point. Like you said, (laughs) you said you weren't always that guy, you know what I'm saying? But I'll submit to you that you wouldn't be who you are had you not gone through what you've gone through or been through. Goddamn right. That's right. That's right. Listen, you want to know. So I got to tell you guys something. I'm sitting outside. I'm on vacation right now. I'm in Florida. I came outside. You know, I was interviewing Jay and he was having a sip, a drink. And I'm sitting all, you know, I'm at my sister's house down in Florida. I'm sitting in the bedroom. I got my little makeshift studio. And I was like, yeah, we'll do the next interview. Let me go grab a beer, though. And then I came outside. I'm like, yo, it's fucking gorgeous out. Let Mm. me just be me, right? Yeah. 
And especially with my podcast, that's what I want people to be. Listen, if you're watching this right now, if you're listening to this later, you gotta you gotta own your fucking story. That's right. The good, bad, the ugly, like the the nasty shit. I have, and and to the to prove that, like what I just shared with JJ didn't know, and, I, and we're fucking streaming this shit. Right. I just shared that shit with the world. Yeah. You know, I was in a clubhouse room the other day talking to somebody. Listen, when when I was a kid, <clears throat> I was sent out to California. My parents weren't getting along. Same year my mom died, right? They weren't getting along, didn't want us kids around to see all that craziness. My brother got sent to New York. We were living down south. My I got sent out to California. And, you know, to save me from, from having to see them fight, and I was nine, and I got sent out to California to stay with family. It wound up turning into what I now call, jokingly, when it's not a fucking joke, but that was my way of dealing with it at first. So I call it my summer of sodomy. I'm a fucking nine-year-old kid, man. Like, what the fuck, right? Oh, shit. And my whole life, I grew up. You mentioned California. You watched me transform into a fucking demon, right? Because I hate everything California-related, the people, the pop, pop, pop. The list goes on and on. And many years of therapy and talking about this shit and all that stuff, right? I finally understood, like, yo, I'm okay with it. But then if you brought it up, I'd still be, like, pissed. So that's why I took that job. I, I had my own business at the time, and I took a job working for another guy. I went out to California <clears throat> to see if I was really okay with it. Mm. Right? So I went to California with a new lens, looking through a new set of glasses, one with openness and love and forgiveness. And, yo, I had the best fucking time. I mean, I did beat up my supervisor, and, you know, I had to leave the job eventually. But, but <laughs> But I was truly healed, right? I could say today I was truly healed. Like, I don't hate California. It's fucking expensive as all get up. But I get, listen, what's the weather in California? 75 and sunny. What's it going to be tomorrow? 75 and sunny. Like, I love it. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it was like two months. It didn't rain once. You know, it was a really good time. But I was only able to do that because of my personal journey, my therapeutic journey. My Listen, I've been through in therapy since I was nine. I, I, much as an adult as well, I've hired coaches for business and life. I, I, I've worked through a lot of self-awareness. Like I went through EST as a kid, which doesn't even exist anymore. It was a self-awareness course taught by Werner Earhart. And then it mm -hmm. transitioned into what's today called the forum. Great for self-awareness. I have been a student of evolving my brain, right? Joe Dispenza has a book called Evolve Your Brain. And uh, I believe wholeheartedly in what he teaches. I've gone to seminar after seminar, personal development, self-improvement. Some of the people that are big in my life, like Jim Rohn, Les Brown, Brendan Burchard, Mel Robbins, Tony Robbins. Um, and, and I've just consumed all of this stuff yeah. to try to help me get to where I wanted to go. You know, my whole life. I always tell everybody my life was like a maze. You know, the puzzle book, you enter here and you got to come out down here. And it's got all the winds and turns and then you hit a wall. That the fuck, that's what my life was, you know? And all I really ever wanted, instead of going in and having a zigzag and whatever and hit a wall and have to start over, I just mm -hmm. wanted somebody to stop me on the way in and be like, yo, buddy, take my fucking hand because yeah. I know the way and I can show you. So if I could do anything for anybody for the rest of my life, it'd be stop them and say, listen, I know the fucking way. So just take my hand and let me show you. Man, that's major. That's dope. All right, so now is as good a time as any to do our featured artist for the week. Our featured artist for this week has a slick video on YouTube. You might want to go and check that out. His music is streaming on Spotify and Apple Music, and it's hot. Here's Des Mac with his single, Lately.
Hey, listen, lately a lot of things been on my mind Trying to stay focused really on this grind Only a matter of time, we all gon' shine Writing life rhymes, felt like we was traumatized We were going on dimes, just to ease our mind I'm back home for the weekend, cruising down the streets It's like I got the juice the way how they treating me Inspiring, really tell them go follow their dreams And you can do anything, you really just gotta believe it Take action, show them you ain't acting Thumbing through some band-aids, my hands get to cracking Like we was playing Madden me, Dre, Twan, and Sweets all win and let's match it Higher than a kite right now and can't stop laughing Notice a lot of things, family is really everything And if you affiliated, it's all G Man, y'all know me I go by Des Mac from the Midwest to the West Sea Or the West Coast, they both go Versace, Cologne, pure home, I'm in my zone She's still in disbelief How I fled my home, I speak it to existence Sooner or later, we gon' all be on Rest in peace to Paul, you live on You in every song You and my mama had my back even when I was wrong Manifesting these gifts and they lifelong out of sight Crazy how a six hour flight can change your life Grateful and safe to say I'm in the bay tonight yeah. Lately I've been on this grind Lately I ain't got no time for you If you ain't got no time Lately I've been seeing signs Reflect on it real quick Take a break like halftime Now it's time to shine Going like you're full time Lately I've been on this grind Lately I ain't got no time for you If you ain't got no time Lately I've been seeing signs Reflect on it real quick Take a break like halftime Now it's time to shine Going like you're full time On my way to work and Enjoy it, know it's temporary Plus I'm a dreamer, know what can happen by February Align my words right so y'all can hear me very clearly I'm still at it, we on top like the addict Foreshadowing knowledge and wisdom, what's your mathematics? I'm a cool dude, disrespect me, I turn savage Could never be in my circle if you cool with being average That's mass stress, I don't strive for nothing but to be the best But in my own lane, like behind the wheel With no power steering, how you controlling your will? Grateful for the label on Wall Street, offered a deal Although I ain't take it, it's still it give me the chills Same time it let me know That this really real It's really happening yeah. I said at the same time It really let me know this real Could never forget my homies behind the steel Hey, Lately I've been on this grind Lately I ain't got no time for you If you ain't got no time Lately I've been seeing signs Reflect on it real quick Take a break like halftime Now it's time to shine Going like you're full time Lately I've been on this grind Lately I ain't got no time for you If you ain't got no time Lately I've been seeing signs Reflect on it real quick Take a break like halftime Now it's time to shine Going like you're full time On my way to work enjoy Know it's temporary. On my way to work, enjoy it. Know it's temporary. So, they, my 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 close friends and loved ones call me the petty king because they say I'm extremely petty. They call you what? The petty king. Oh, okay. Because I'm extremely petty. Perfection. I'm, I'm the guy that's like, hey. If you kill my cat, I'm gonna kill your dog. Type, you know, like fuck that. Ain't nobody getting away. You 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 shoot at me, I'm shooting back. <laughs> so just because I can't let it get let you get away with it. So I'm about to be very petty with you <laughs> and ask you one of Go the ahead. questions you asked me, man, or right. or something similar. It's not really. I don't think it's the same question, but it's very similar. Um, what? And I'm being a copycat in a sense, but that's cool. I'm okay with that. <laughs> What um, what would you say? No, actually, I'm gonna switch it up, and I won't. I'll ask you something a little very variant different. What would you Just say? Just ask me a motherfucking question exactly, already. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what would you say is uh your strongest personality trait? The most valuable and strongest personality trait. My word, and the fact that I keep it mm. because I don't own anything. My eyes, my ears, my body, my life, my kids, my wife, whatever, they can all be taken from me. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that no one can take from me is my word. I have to give that to you. So since it's my only possession on this planet, mm-hmm. I make sure that it means a lot. Okay. So what's your greatest weakness? <sighs> greatest weakness is fear of abandonment. Mm. Damn, I'm listening. You can't just leave it there. You got to expound on that. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, man, my mom was taken from me when I was a child, right? Yeah. And and then over the years, you know, like I said, I grew up in a fucked up place and um, in a fucked up kind of family setting. Lots of people that were important to me were taken from me. And I had to deal with loss real early on. And, you know, we moved a lot. 
and I was always the new kid and would make friendships and then have to leave. And Mm -hmm. so I always felt like I was going to be abandoned or left alone. So it created in me this tremendous fear of abandonment, right? Like, I don't want to fucking be alone. And I struggled with that. There was a time when I couldn't be by myself. Like, if I was not asleep, I needed a fucking babysitter, you know, like (laughs) as an adult, right? Because left to my own devices, I'm going to fuck some shit up, right? Like, I know how to do some bad shit, you know? Um, So, yeah, fear of abandonment, um, you know, by, by just not not having somebody who gives a fuck, Mm. you know, like, like I don't fucking matter. Yeah. You know? So, so is your dad still living now or he died a couple of years ago? Um, and you know, and there's another thing, right? Like my dad was a horrible fucking dad. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I loved my father and I respected my father. You know, I love kids today talk so much shit to their parents. My father would have broke my fucking jaw. He, yeah. he used to say, if you raise your hands to me, I'll rip them off you and beat you with them. You God know? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and, um, you know, and listen, I raised four boys. Um, you know, my second wife had a son and, you know, he was a toddler when I met her. And, mm-hmm. you know, he stepped to me a couple of times. And one of my youngest son even did one day. And, and I told them all always, like, don't fucking you know, you can be mad at me all you want. Just don't disrespect me and don't ever raise your hands to me. And yeah. my youngest son challenged that one day, you know, like I was in recovery at the time. And I remember telling my sponsor, like, yo, bro, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like this kid must, he's just pushing me. And he goes, well, does he think he can kick the shit out of you? I, said, I think so. <laughs> right. He goes, well, maybe you need to show him, you oh, know? Shit. So, oh, shit. I'm like, all right. And you know, like <laughs> we were in my house, I had a bunch of people there and he stepped to me and, and we got into a fight and yeah. you know, of course we got separated and he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I'm, your son. I'm like, no, nigga, you stepped up to me. You must want to fucking fight. You know, that it's like, fuck man, there's fucking, something wrong with you. That shit is like, fucking hilarious. There is, How know? old was he? 16. Oh yeah. 16. That's, that's the ass whooping age. Absolutely. That's that. That's that. Yeah. I'm a man now. Shit. Yeah. You know? So, so the way I see it is, once you're old enough to go to jail, you're old enough to get these mitts put on you. Like seriously. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't I don't blame you one bit. But then all of a sudden, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm your fucking right. son. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know? Right. I don't like to raise my hands to people, man. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, uh, yeah. there was a time in my life where I loved it. Yeah. You know, I learned real early on there's things I could do. I, I, violence was the first thing that I could do externally to change how I felt internally. Right. And, you know, listen, in 1970s New York and even in the early 80s, like New York was a fucking war zone, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and there wasn't no shit like there is today about, oh, there was bullying. Fuck that, man. My father locked me the fuck out of the house when the kid next door beat me up. Go kick his ass. Like, my brother got beat up. We both got locked out. Like, what the fuck, man? I didn't need to do nothing. Yeah. That's the point. Oh, no. I used to get my ass whipped. Bro, I used to. I, I remember the very first time I remember getting my ass whipped because I didn't fight back. Right. Was because right. a dude punched me in my eye and I ran home crying and my aunt pulled her belt off and whipped my ass and said, yeah. now you go out there and you fight and come back. Don't come back in this motherfucking house crying. That's right. And, and that's I, what happened with me. And I, <laughs> but I learned like, yo, I don't have to feel bad. I just go fuck somebody up. Or even if I get fucked up, like, listen, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Because a black eye hurts like a motherfucker. Right. But it will make you forget about the shit you feel inside. Mm. Right. When you're, when your shit's swollen and you know, like it's bleeding, yeah, you like, focus you know, on that shit. Your wounds, right? You can't, you can't worry about how you feel, you know. Yeah. And listen, when I was a kid, nobody gave a fuck. Yeah. Nobody gave a fuck how little Johnny feels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, really like shit. you got to take care of your business, you know. Mm-hmm. And and man, that's a wildly unpopular way to be today. Um, and I, and I'm not like that. But my point is. I learned at a young age that I could use violence to change how I feel. And then from there it was sex. And then after that it was alcohol. Mm. And then after that it was drugs. Mm. And then, it, and then it was relationships. And then I got to mix all that shit into one, into one, one giant snowball of fucked upness. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So you I know, my a- ex and I, like we were violent. We both got high. We were fucking nuts. You know, oh, shit. it was rough and raising kids and trying to make normal 
little non Manson family little members, you know. When <laughs> she you, said Manson, <laughs> he, he said Manson family, not she. He said Manson you know, family members. Damn. Hey, brother, listen. But there's nights, you know, when my, you know, when I'd have a crack stem in one hand and a fucking pistol in the other, and not know which one's going in my mouth next. You know, and what? wiping tears away you, from you, my eyes. You felt right? it coming, didn't and my you? kids are crying or are in the next room while I'm in this one crying and trying to figure out like, do I want to spread my brains on the wall or like, what the fuck you want to do? You, you know, you felt it coming. Cause that was my next question. My next question was, I have two already preloaded that, that I gathered as you were speaking. Um, number one was, have you ever contemplated suicide? Would you just, you just address yeah. that? Shit yeah. ton of times. Yeah. yeah. Because listen, just to make the fucking noise stop, man. Mm. You know, like I, like I, I just got to stop the noise. I got to stop the the voice. You know, and like I said, I used all those other things to to shut that fucking voice up. You know. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it was I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this, and like I'm just not enough. You know. Mm. And uh, and no matter what I could do, I couldn't be enough. I couldn't change who I was, or at least I thought back then. Like the only option is to just fucking end it. And I'll tell you what, if, if my mother had, had not died when I was a kid, I probably would have killed myself at some point when my kids were young, but I knew what it would do to them. Okay. Yeah. Growing up without a parent. So I didn't. And thank God, thank right? God because that, I yeah. truly love who I have become. Truly love who I have become. Yeah. That's what was your second question? Second question was, um, Okay, I'm going to preface this with a quick statement. I, there are many men that I know who ended up smoking crack who said that they were introduced to it through a female counterpart, right? So my question to you was, your first time experimenting with any drug that led to the gateways or whatever, that led to um, the use of crack cocaine. Like, how did, how did that happen? Tell me the progression of that. So, uh, like I said, I was raised as a criminal, right? Like when I was yeah. a kid in school, other kids are worried about their grades and I'm worried about collecting, you know, book and, and, and doing all kinds of shit. You know, it yeah. started for me. My life of crime started with uh, bookmaking in school, you know, okay. and then gambling and all kinds of other shit. And then it was just a, a natural progression. Like uh, one year I had to go to summer. Now I was fortunate in that. I think, I don't know, maybe it wasn't a good thing, but I was really intelligent. So I didn't have to do a fucking thing in school. I could just pay attention half-assed and get good grades. And, you know, I went to New, in New York City. I, w I went to a Catholic high school, one of the best Catholic high schools in all of New York City. And even there, I didn't really have to apply myself. But it, it kind of showed up, right? 75 was passing in that school. Mm -hmm. And I come up with a couple of low 70s in my freshman year in English and science. And so I had to go to summer school. And I met a bunch of guys that I hang out with them every morning. They smoke pot, you know. Um, and I didn't, it just wasn't really my thing. And then the last day of summer school, I decided to take some home, you know, and, uh, started smoking pot. Um, but my progression through drugs was fast, man. It was fast because when school started back up, I was all of a sudden the cocaine dealer, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and I was young in school. I was a year ahead. So, you know, I'm 14 years old dealing cocaine and, you know, my godfather, the short version of the story without giving away any details made sure that like his son, my cousin and, and I were untouchable and yeah. man, that's a dangerous fucking weapon to give an adolescent a license to that's do whatever right. the fuck they want, that's you know? Right. Yeah. And, um, and, but so I took full advantage of it and you know, the first time I smoked Coke, it wasn't crack back then. It's all the same shit though. Uh, it was, you know, this old, the Puerto Rican guy I hung out with a bunch of men and he had some guys for, and they had the whole, you know, the, the, what was it? Everclear or something wrapped cotton ball around the hanger and, you know, <laughs> cooking Coke and shit. Yeah. And he's like, ah, I'll let you try one. I was on my way to school, you know, it's like 14, 15. God, damn. And, um, and I took a hit and I sat down for a minute and I was gone. I checked the fuck out. And then when I got my brain back, I stood up and I go, could I have another please? And God, <laughs> damn. He was like, fuck no, get out of here. And then it was a while before I ever tried it again. And not to go through all the details, but 
crack had blown up in New York City in 1986. And it was like a fucking epidemic that just took over the city. And my neighborhood was one of the bigger ones to be able to buy crack. You know, like the park was across the street and there were 10 or 12 of us dealing on the regular and there was no fighting because the people would be lined up three blocks long mm. to come in. You know? yeah. And one night I smoked some and the next day I spent like, I don't know. I went to Jolly joint, which is a store that don't even exist anymore. It's a head shop back in the seventies and eighties and um, bought all kinds of paraphernalia and had myself a $500 a day habit. God damn. Oof. And I was 15, 16 at the time. Wow. If you could and say I that shit for the next 30 years mm. on and off, on and off it, you know, when I went, got into recovery at 19 and it took me 26 years to get one, Damn. 26 years of in and out to get one year clean. What's the worst bridge and, in your opinion that you ever burned, man? Cause I know when you fucking with drugs, like even, even sober motherfuckers burn bridges every day because we're just selfish right. bastards. But like, you know, I hurt my family a lot. Like, and honestly, regardless of what somebody else in my family has done to me, I still believe you're responsible for your actions. Right. So I don't give a shit how someone treats you. You still got to decide who you want to be. And I've caused a lot of pain to the really good people in, in my family, like my mom's side, right? Like they're just the fucking salt of the earth, you know? And, and I just caused a lot of pain there. You know, um, I was one of them weird drug addicts because I wouldn't really hurt the people I love. Like you could have a million dollars in the room and I could be jonesing like a motherfucker and it'd be okay. Um, but the guy walking down the street wouldn't bother him. <laughs> right. Okay. But, like I'll go to the store and rob that motherfucker, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucked up set of principles. You had morals, I had, man. It wasn't easy shit. being me, you know, it yeah. wasn't easy trying to have some principles and live a fucked up life. But, um, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I would say, you know, and I didn't I didn't really burn those bridges, but I, I put I made them longer. You know, I put a bigger gorge in between, you know, where they were and where I when where I was. Yeah. The 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 moment of enlightenment. Mm. There are multiple, but I'm going to share this because it's been top of mind this week. OK, so. Six and a half years ago, I just was sitting in my driveway and I said, I don't want to be this person anymore. And I decided to be somebody different. And I started this journey of self-discovery and self-development, like whole hog, right? It's brought me here. But this week, two years ago, my wife and I had split up and um, she moved out and we were trying to work it out. So now we don't live together and we're dating. Like, what the fuck is that about? right? (laughs) Right. So I spent more time at her house than at my house. Yeah. And two years prior, we had gone to Florida. We bought a, we, you know, got some free thing with the timeshare. You know how that works, right? You got to go. So while we were broken up, I kept trying to go on the trip. Right. And (laughs) and they were like, you got to come together. So, um, we, we started, we got back together, you know, and, uh, we were trying to figure it the fuck out. And, um, we were, we were heading down to Florida. We had a stop in Charlotte and, um, I didn't smoke cigarettes at the time. And she said, well, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. I'll be right back to hold all my shit. So I go through security and for whatever reason, call it. I don't know what the fuck you want to call it. Right. But I decided to look and see what was top of her phone. And like, while we're sitting at the airport, you know, taking selfies and doing all the shit, she's sending them to some other guy. Oh, shit. And and as much as the, and listen, like we've been through some shit. Like she stabbed me in the chest once over crack. Damn. And like, I just went home and went back to bed with her once I got all stitched up. But like, so we've been through some shit, but that fucking hurt. Right. Cause I thought we were different now. Like we're clean and, and like not fucking hurting each other. And, and for whatever reason, it rocked me to my core. So I didn't know how to act. I didn't know what the fuck to do. And we get on the plane, the second plane, I'm not talking at all. And I can't deal with it. I can't take it. So I, I couldn't talk to nobody. I'm in a fucking plane. So I started yeah. typing an email to send to my children. And I was saying goodbye. I was letting them know, like, if I survive what I'm about to do, they'll never see me without a jumpsuit on or on the other side of some glass. And it was in that moment, like, I'm, I'm, 
I'm a mess, right? Like I'm, it's dark. I'm on the plane. I'm not tears the whole nine, right? With my face on the window. Cause I don't want her to see. And, um, and I start typing that email and then I said, wait a minute, I could go take out a whole lot of motherfuckers and make me feel better and spend the rest of my life in a cage. Or I could make a decision right now to do something different. And I decided in that moment that I was going to document my pain and that I was going to get through it. Like I didn't know how I just knew that I could. And so every day I made a Facebook video sharing my pain. I didn't say it was because my wife had an affair. All I said was that I experienced something that was deeply painful and it hurt bad. And, um, and I, and I shared real raw pain. Yeah. And I just put that out to the universe. And I said, I know I'm going to get through it and you can follow me as I do. And maybe you can too. And that was probably the singular event that brought me to what I do today. Um, we're no longer married. Um, but, uh, you know, now I show up to make a difference in the life of other people. And I very easily could have gone the other way. So that was probably the greatest defining moment for where I'm at today. You know, all my other defining moments helped drive me further down the, that hole of despair and bullshit and negativity. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that things happened the way they did, man. Yeah. I hear that, man. Damn. Hey, man. Like, I, I've i had my challenges, man. They've been different from yours, but trust me, I've been through shit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I hear that. And I really listen. Years ago, I learned a valuable lesson, Jay. <clears throat> I was at that, I was at the forum. I was in midtown Manhattan. And at the time I was a stockbroker. I I was on my second marriage. We had, I think I was on my third kid. I was about 26, 27. And I'm, it's a three days all day. I mean like nine in the morning, 10 at night, all day. It's a self-awareness seminar seminar. And you go through some shit while you're there. Right. Yeah. And I'm sitting next to this girl. She's my age. And here's what her trouble was. Her dad just bought her a new condo in Manhattan. (laughs) She was tired of having to deal with all his doting on her and always doing all this shit for her. And at first, when she said it, I wanted to smack her off the chair. Like, (laughs) this is what you're bitching about? You know, like, I'm over here struggling, you know? Um, But it made me realize a valuable lesson. I'm glad I learned it that early. Yo, whatever you're going through hurts you as much as what I'm going through hurts me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like if I walked into your house and shot up the whole family, you're going to experience that pain. If I got a fucking toothache and I can't see past the pain, it don't fucking matter. Like I know mm. people are like murdering no, a family no. and a toothache ain't the same. But, but listen, all I think about is my toothache. That's yeah. all I think about. Yeah. There's nothing else matters. If you're, you know, someone in your family passes, all you can fucking think about is that we are consumed by what hurts us. That's right. And we don't get to judge how much somebody's pain is pain worthy. Right. Because mm-hmm. what you go through hurts you as much as what I go through hurts me. Listen, there's a saying that I read a long time ago. It says you slip on a banana and break your neck is comedy. I get a hangnail is tragedy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because that shit is top of motherfucking mind. Yeah. Period. That's right. Yeah. Real shit. So now we about to get to the shits. Wait, there's more. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of shit. Damn, there's how much shit. deeper can we go? Forty-eight minutes in, there's so much shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit, I thought you were saying, okay, now it's time to wrap it up. No. God, damn, I so, may have to go get another beer out of the fridge. <laughs> yeah, you may have to. Do Do I need to wait? <laughs> you know what? Since you brought it up, I'll wait. So, what is your take? And I mean, okay, okay. This is how I want to do this. Young Bob and relationships, perspective and advice, in contrast to today's Bob relationship and, you know, concepts and advice or whatever you know what i'm saying like how do you see things differently how did you see things before and why so i think when i was younger my relationships first of all i got to tell you this about relationships 
whether it's an, and this really fucks my girl up and it took a while for her to get this right. I'm in a relatively new relationship about a year and some change. And we talked about this, you know, on a, another platform, like I have a habit of telling people I love you. Mm-hmm. And she heard that. And she's like, what the fuck did you just say? Like, <laughs> I wasn't talking to her. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> and, um, but now she gets it right. Like I truly love period. Like when mm-hmm. I say, like my affirmations in the morning are, I am love. I don't say yeah. that I am loving because like, again, you could be Charles Manson, but act in a loving way for a little while. Don't make you fucking love. Right. When you're love, how about this religion? God is love. Yeah. Now I don't care if it's God, Allah, Buddha, Yahweh, whatever at the base of all religions, I believe it's centered on love. Mm-hmm. And they don't say God is loving. They say God is love. That is right. absolute. Yeah. Like when you are love, that's period. Mm-hmm. You know, you just love. And when I was younger, even in my most fucked up ways, listen, it wasn't easy being me because I was raised to be a certain way, but I didn't like it. Right? Like I got good at it, but I didn't like it. When mm-hmm. alone, head in the pillow, in that dark spot, on the bed, you know, when all you hear is your voice speaking to you, what's it saying? And it was telling me that I didn't like who I was because I didn't like who I was being. Um, and my relationships have evolved today so that they're absolute, right? Like what happened between my ex and I, it happened, but I truly love her, you know, which causes problems for my current girlfriend. Mm. Like I'm not, like, I don't want to be with her. I don't think we're good together, but that don't take away from, I love her. My father whacked my mother, but I love my father. So, you know, and, and I'll tell you something else to add to that. He was a bad dad, but he made up for it as a grandfather. Okay. Cause he was, my children think he was a fucking saint, wow. right? Cause he wasn't that man anymore. And, and he made up for it. So I'm happy that he got to do that for them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So my younger version of me, would would tell me to be op- more open to what's possible and to be congruent with who I choose to be because yeah. I wasn't living a life that was congruent with who I wanted to be and it caused me immeasurable amounts of pain. Mm. Man, that's crazy. But true. Yeah. And so today your view of relationships is totally different. You know, love oh, yeah. relationships or whatever. So, so, so let me ask you this. Yo, that Bob. California trip I was talking about earlier. Yeah. I was, I was, I had a vinyl business at the time and I was out there hanging vinyl on, um, on, uh, tankers, you know, like the ones that come overseas, the, the cargo tankers. Right. Yeah. Containers, containers. on the containers, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. put them on the trucks and stuff. And it was, you know, I was questioning at the time, like, why do I love my wife? Because, we don't get along. Like I love her. And one of the reasons that we didn't stay together was I told her, like, I can't love you enough for both of us. Right. Mm, She's got her own issues. Yeah. And I tried to be there and love her enough for both of us. And I couldn't. Um, but then I was wondering like, why the fuck am I attracted to somebody who's incapable of loving me? And it dawned on me that I'm 48 years old at the time that all my relationships had always been based on like, you know, mom was gone. So I don't know what the fuck that feels like. I don't know what a mother's love feels like. So to me, that's the most pure love there is. And I know a lot of people have moms and their moms are shitty and they wouldn't agree with that, but because they didn't have it, I can romanticize about how beautiful it would be, you know? But I realized like all of the influential people, my father, my godfather, my uncle, right? All men, they loved me, but I realized what it was. It was transactional. Yeah. Right. Like I would do something that I thought they wanted me to do because if I did it and they were happy with me, then they would love me. Yeah. And then it made me realize that that love, that kind of love was transactional. I'll do this for you and then you'll, I'll be in your good graces and you'll love me. And that's not what love is supposed to be. It's not what relationships are supposed to be. They're supposed to be 100. You know, people say it's 50, 50. Fuck that. It's 100, 100, because I got to give 100 and you got to give 100, that's right. you know, and then together we don't make 200. We make three, four, 500. Yeah, you know, real shit, real shit. Yeah, man. yeah. Damn. Okay, okay. You dropping some jewels on me, Bob, but that's no surprise to me. <laughs> that's no surprise is, to me. And I love, I love being here and chilling out and outside of 
having a couple of beers, smoking a cigarette, you know, like being real. Listen, bro, thank you for who you choose to be because you make me feel comfortable enough to be authentically me, to be vulnerable, to share my shit with the motherfucking world, you know? Yeah. Because, listen, you know, remember the eight, end of Eight Mile? Like, Little mm-hmm. Rabbit gets up on stage and says, yo, I'm this, 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 and now here, little mic drop. Go tell them something <laughs> they don't know. Right. Like, you can't fucking hurt me. Yeah, real shit. I, I've real done shit. shit to myself that people wouldn't do to somebody they hated, and I've done it to me. God damn. You know? Yeah. So yeah. go go have at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Yeah, real shit. I ain't afraid of that. I, I just ain't afraid. I'm not everybody. You know, my girlfriend says there's a lid for every pot, but I always say, yeah, but I'm not everybody's cup of tea. You know? <laughs> right. Okay. No, man, honestly, truthfully, bro, you, you would never know how much I appreciate you, how much you encourage me to just continue being me because there, in spite of everything, man, there have been days when I'm like, maybe they don't want me to be me. Maybe yeah. they want the fake version of Jay. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, um, I, I yeah, but you know, that. Jay, what the downside to that is, yeah. is that, again, in that dark place, in alone, quiet, head on pillow at night when there ain't no mm. ex- external voices, it's just you talking in your own head. Yeah. Man, you got to love what that voice is saying. Yeah. You got to love that. And when you are authentically you, when you're being your best self, yeah. man, fuck whoever don't want to be part of that. You I grab hold of the one, even if it's just one then it's you and that motherfucker. You go take on the world together. Yeah. Real shit. And that's the whole yeah. thing, man. Cause, uh, I don't know if I told you this. I don't know if you're aware, man. Um, about two years ago, maybe a little over that actually. I don't know. I think I try to block it out, but I don't really block it out. But, um, my oldest child, man, she, uh, she took her own life. So, um, that was, that was extremely hard for me. And I, I've been extremely, uh, I was embarrassed about it, man, because I felt like it reflected on me badly. Like I was a bad father. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like you had to be a piece of shit for your daughter to do that. You know what I mean? Um, you but, realize, Jay, that it's not about you, it, right? It was never about me. Yeah. Like we, it's human nature. It's human nature to say, yo, you know, when, when somebody goes, you know, people do this shit all the time, especially with death. Everybody talks about me, you know, how it affects me. Yeah. Think about the other person. Yeah. Right, because it was never about you, bro. That's real. She, um, was, she, she, she was going through what she was going through, yeah. and didn't see a fucking way out, man. She just wanted to stop the pain, and the whole thing was this was the crazy shit about it, man. Like she, how old was she? She was twenty three, but like this is the crazy shit. Like she literally pushed us all away. She pushed the people that loved her most. It makes it easier. Yeah, I don't want to, listen. When I was getting high and slowly killing myself, yeah, I was pushing everybody who gave a fuck about me away, because yeah. it makes it easier to be the monster that I was being, you know. Because mm-hmm. then it don't hurt as much. When I look at you and know that you give a fuck, now I gotta feel more depressed, more sad, more pain because now I know I'm hurting you, and and I and I know you care. That's right. And That's I don't right, want bro. you to care. That's I don't right. want you to care. I want you to not give a fuck because right now I don't give a fuck. And if you give a fuck, it'll give me a glimmer of hope. Mm. I'm telling you, all the people who loved her most, she pushed away, stopped, completely stopped talking to me for, for basically no apparent reason. But I, what makes me, what gives me some comfort is the fact that even her best friend told me, she was like, dude, I've been with her and you'd be texting her. I love you. Call me. You know what I'm saying? She don't text back. She don't call back, but you're still calling and texting. She she did not. It wasn't like she didn't know that you loved her. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that gave me a little bit of peace of mind. But I tell you the truth, man, it's been it's been very, very difficult. And I'm just now to a point where I can freely talk about it. And I can't say that I'm at a point where I can talk about it without tearing up. Today's a good yeah. day. Today's actually a good day. I can. I hear I'm, you, I'm, brother. I'm, and yeah. thank you for sharing yeah. that with me. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you something else. So in my current relationship, uh, I just was, I think we were talking about this in clubhouse the other day, right? Mm-hmm. My girlfriend's real reticent. She likes to keep everything in and she don't want us airing. You know, don't share my shit. Yeah. And here I am like, blah, 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 blah. you know, like I just drop shit. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Like I said, mm-hmm. you can't hurt me. So if you know this, that, and the third about me, fucking so what? Five minutes from now, you're going to forget you even talk to me. You know what I'm saying? It ain't that fucking important. Um, <laughs> But what I do, what I did find is 
Listen, the only, everybody talks about, you know, we're going to get through it. When your daughter passed, every, I'm sure a thousand people said we're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. Well, the only way to get through it is to fucking go through go it. Go through it. There you go. Yeah. Because when you, and I've tried, I've tried everything to avoid feeling whatever. Mm-hmm. It just keeps coming fucking back. And all the shit that I did to avoid it made it come back worse. Yeah. Um, so you got to go through it. And I have found. For, and this is just for me. The thing that gets me through it is I talk about that shit till it don't fucking matter no more. And I'm not saying your daughter won't matter to you. I'm talking about the, the negative feelings you have yeah. about it yeah. will diminish the more you open up, the more you allow your excel, yourself to be exposed. Yeah. And that's scary, man. Who the fuck it wants is. to expose how they really feel? Yeah. Right? Because now if you know how I really feel, you could say some shit to hurt me. Yeah. That's true. And now I got to pop you in your cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Basically. But, right, like, so, but, but I don't feel that way anymore. I talk, I'm just making jokes here to no, lighten the mood before we both start yeah. crying, right? Yeah. Because, but you got to talk about it. And the more you talk about it, you talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, and you get it out. Mm-hmm. But talk about it with the purpose of get through it. Yeah. Right? Because some people live in their victimization. An event happens, we attach a negative emotion to it. And then we retell the story so much, it's like watering a plant, man. That seed was planted, now we're just going to water the plant, let it grow, let it get bigger, keep giving it sunlight. No, fuck that, man. The goal is to get through it, right? Get through it, yeah. I'm not going to nurture this fucking bad thing that happened to me in my life that day with my wife, right? That was a bad day, and I talked about it a lot, but I'm not mm-hmm. living in my victimization of it. That's right. You know? That's right. Absolutely. I agree. I agree 100%. Because uh, you got to move the fuck on. 